0: When we came up with the name Christ in the Chaos, we didn't mean actual chaos. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's pastor share their messy attempt at raising a Christ-centered family. We may not know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen here with my husband, Joel. And today we're, ta- <laughs> I mean, today- welcome back from well,
1: our unexpected hiatus.
0: Yeah, we we took a break because we are not actually professional podcasters and um,
1: things have gotten hectic in the world,
0: the life, the world exploded um, <laughs> and we're having to deal with it on a personal level, on a professional level, on a childcare level, on a. Taking care of six children level on a caring for our old people level, and it's just been too much.
1: But on a positive note, we are in our newly rearranged podcast studio, and I feel like we have a lot more room.
0: Yeah, it's a lot less awkward now.
1: Yeah, hopefully there'll be less echo too. Ooh,
0: <laughs> an added bonus. Um, so today we are talking about uh, COVID nineteen and what it is like to be a family at this time. I will say that. This is like very much a partially recorded so that um, we have a record of this time. It's it's history that is happening and it is certainly personal history for our family. Um, And so it'll be nice someday to have a record of how we were feeling and what was going on during this time.
1: Also, it's nice to commiserate. Yeah. So you can commiserate if with us. If you're having
0: some feels, I'm guessing we're having e- either similar feels or all new feels, because um, we're all having the feels right now. <laughs> you know what? We're going to do the family check-in, but like kind of the family check-in light, because the whole thing is a big family check-in.
1: If you haven't checked in with your family, that was an excellent time. Check in with those people you love. Check in with your family, your friends. How are you doing, my family and friend?
0: Um, so I the only people that we're allowed to hang out with right now.
1: <laughs> okay. In light of everything, how are you doing?
0: So I thought it was important that I guess it's more like a family status update. Um, that we kind of tell you where we are. We're in the in Northern California. Um, we have been locked down um with a shelter in place order for
1: We've been at home for a full week, at least
0: full week i have we have been sheltered in place with i have been sheltered in place with the kids um joel has been went to work last week but did not go to work this week so for me it's like day 11 um for you it's like day six seven yeah seven because both of our kids got fevers dry coughs trouble breathing um we think our kids are on the tail end of it it has been a full week and a day now no yeah. full week since they've had we symptoms. didn't take their
1: Temperatures tonight, I forgot to, but Levi's temperature was down to 98 this afternoon.
0: Yep. And so we think we're kind and of hadn't on been below the tail end of it. They still have some respiratory issues, but nothing crazy. Um, Like statistics said, they got it mild. Um, We're assuming they have it. We were not, did not take them out of the house like we were told. We did not get them tested. We don't really know. Um, So that is like one load off our backs is that we think our kids have already had it and we think they handled it well. Um, I feel terrible every day, but I'm never sure if it is the physical manifestation of stress or the beginning of COVID-19.
1: We can do two fun things at once. Um, <laughs> You
0: sound terrible. You just assured me that you're not sick with COVID-19, but that's what every adult says. They're like, well, it's just blah, 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 blah. Um, so we'll see I where you're going. certainly spent time outside,
1: outside can... today, got allergies going nuts, and then something going on in my sinuses, which... But I don't have a fever and I don't have a cough.
0: So we will so see. We'll see. <laughs> um, we should say that our kids were locked down for the last place they went was church on Sunday the sixteenth. I want to say, and it was that Friday when they started having symptoms. Um, Dan didn't go to church. He went, but he didn't. You're right. He probably was he not exposed to church. To anybody, he was yeah. only a, he he showed up at church, coughed twice, and I made him go home. He ended end up having symptoms for a full week after that. So. I might have been being a little melodramatic about him coughing, but still right about sending him home in hindsight. Did you want to add anything to the big picture status update?
1: I mean, usually this is the point in the podcast where you ask me how I'm doing, but I guess that's...
0: Well, I'm about to ask you how you're doing. That's
1: something we've let go.
0: No, no. First question is, of the whole podcast, how are you doing big picture wise? How is Joel? How is the being of Joel?
1: I don't even know. And that's kind of the conversation we've had with friends and family over and over again is, how are you doing? I don't know. Things are just so up in the air. And it's so surreal and weird. And it feels like things are fine. And then it feels like things are terrible. And then it just, I'm tired. I'm stressed out. And... So hopefully this weekend will be a good time to rest. Just so stress <laughs> about work. Yeah, I guess. Um, we'll just let the TV babysit the kids a lot.
0: I mean, I, that's the thing is like I'm happier when I'm busy. Last, the hardest day for me so far was last Saturday. I woke up in the morning. I didn't have homeschooling with the kids. I didn't have to work, and it was the first time everything like set in, and it was terrible. And it was my birthday, yeah. um, so it was like this like. This like mixture of all of these things coming at once. And while I had kept myself busy, I was totally fine. And once I had nothing to do, I was absolutely miserable.
1: We should do a side note here. You have been homeschooling the kids. We have a kindergartner and a preschooler, uh, five and a half and four. And she has been (laughs) running them through (laughs) their paces every morning. I took today off so that I could help. With the kids, because you know I've been locking myself in my home office all week, and I got in trouble because I wasn't moving the kid through the lesson fast enough. No, it was more. He just
0: you expected too much of him, and in terms of stamina,
1: the reading, and the letters, the and then she's teaching our four-year-old what a verb is, (laughs) and
0: well, that's more like he's he's coming along super
1: advanced for his age. He's
0: coming along for the right. That's the thing; they're close enough in age where we're doing a lot of the same things. And to the extent I can bring the little one on along for the ride, he's along for the ride. So I took their sight words. I took all the easy ones out and started teaching them to the four-year-old because there's no reason he can't read it. Um, so um, it is. it has been a little intense. In fact, I just read. Much more
1: aggressive than the regular schools. I
0: redid my goals today. And one of the things I was like is like making this a joyful and memorable time is more important than their academics um even though like i'm getting excited i'm like ooh look what i can do with them academically oh, i think they're having fun too i they do like it but sometimes i'm like why can't you just figure this out and i'm like why does it matter like i'm i'm pushing dane into like second or third grade math and he's like like not getting it perfectly and i'm like mm, maybe that doesn't matter um especially con- it's like it's like something i can control and something i can achieve and I've got nothing else in my control right now, but I realize that I don't want them to be traumatized by this time of me pushing them ridiculously hard.
1: Which dovetails nicely out of our side note, back into big picture. How are you doing?
0: First, I'm i I'm actually not feeling the intensity of the fear right now. In case, for the purposes of history, where we are right now is like a full, what did we say? Uh... A full week into shelter in place, but but the in California, the deaths have not, we're, we're entering crisis mode, but the deaths have not amped up the way they have in other parts of the country, and they have not amped up um, in a way that has directly affected us yet. Um, so we're kind of in this weird lull, like where we were terrified at the beginning, and I think it's going to get very bad in the next week, but we're in a waiting period, which is...
1: That's stressful. when
0: you're compartmentalizing it, like you can kind of live your life normally, but then um, I think physically my body is reacting to what I am suppressing, um, the fear of fear for your grandparents and for my parents and for your parents and for the other older people in our lives or the other vulnerable people in our lives um, that um, are in danger. It, and it's like, it's just, it's just such a serious... Real danger for so many people, and um I already not related to coronavirus, but right at the beginning of all of this um lost somebody who was very, very important in my life, and it was like dealing with that grief on the front end of going into potential grief of the same magnitude or gravity is. It's like oh, it's a real thing, and it could just keep piling on over the next few weeks, and the idea of that is is terrifying.
1: yeah, it's uh, an existential crisis we're all kind of having together as a society.
0: Yeah, the other thing is the first week this was all going on, i was I think I was just like paralyzed with the shock of the disruption. um I couldn't work effectively i couldn't
1: yeah no one was sure i mean no one really knew what it was that was hitting i don't know we just couldn't see the size of the wave
0: yeah and, and um one of the things that really bothered me is i felt like i knew logically that i should go to god and i knew and i did in a very mechanical way which i think that like there's a certain kind of faithfulness there that's like god we need your help here's what's going on like he doesn't know but here's what i'm afraid of um help comfort me help give me peace and i would say the words but it was like i had to force them out of myself i had no i was in no way compelled to pray during that time in the shock and um which was a weird thing and i've gotten i've overcome that hump but it was an interesting thing to be in such to be so disrupted that every time i thought about praying in a like organic way um, like when I was going to sleep or when I was like in between tasks, I was like, I can't go there right now because it's just too, it's too much.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just don't know. It's just so big at this point that the whole world is kind of holding its breath. We're all kind of paused. Everyone who can stay at home is staying at home. And it's just, Yeah.
0: It's, it's, um, I think the third thing, and we, we talked about this a little bit, um, with our small group today is that there is this intense desire to do something to help or bring light to others. And I have been praying about this every day. God, show me what you want me to do. Show me how I can help. show me who you can help. I went to like my online community and was like, what have you heard can help i can't sew to the level they need to make masks which is like the only thing i can hear people doing Mm -hmm. um i can help like get groceries but we are coming from a household of sick kids we are like patient zero we cannot we are limiting going out it'd be the
1: vulnerable people who need you to bring them groceries yeah
0: we can't do anything and it's been this very humbling experience of I think when we see these opportunities to provide help and to love people, the church says like, go out and love people, but we're being called to love people in a way that is so humble of sitting there and quietly doing what we're told, be obedient, listen to what's going to actually protect vulnerable people. Like, how do I love my mom in this situation? Will I call her every day and I don't leave the house because if I leave the house, I could set off a butterfly effect that could eventually kill her, and so it's just like there's there is nothing cool, there is no glory in it for me to go out and 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 to sit here and do nothing and and the thing that it really gets me is that there's no glory in it for God in this very obvious direct way if I sit here and do nothing
1: um I'm not even that it feels like you're it feels like you're doing nothing because you're doing nothing. it just feels like you're not. Helping. You're like, I'm not helping because helping is a action word. It involves doing things mm-hmm. and moving and going. Not places. watching Lego
0: Masters on Hulu. Yeah,
1: but it <laughs> I mean, we have two kids who definitely have COVID. Like our job is to stay inside. Yeah. And not let them interact with anybody until they're past infection.
0: Well, and the other thing as a person in ministry, I feel like it's my job to like capitalize this on behalf of, of God, right? Like if if God is can provide hope to people, if God can heal if the people of God are his hands in this world, then I should be going out there and, and, and doing the work of God and, and bringing glory to God through my actions. And we're in a situation where we cannot do that in the way we are used to doing that. We cannot do that in an obvious way. And it makes me feel um,
1: helpless. helpless. You are, though. You are doing God's work, literally. You're doing it remotely. But you're putting up, you did Wednesday Wiggles, and you're doing children's sermons on Sundays, and you're doing GS Kids lessons, and you're putting out homework and coloring pages that our friends can download and giving them lesson plans that you've made up, and you're helping other people. And hopefully there's people out there who don't go to our church who are seeing your online lessons because their kids need them too.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the one thing that I think that God has made clear to me in this time, um, I'm, I'm putting out the content because it's my job. But that the more important part is to stay connected to my the ki- the kids that I do ministry to um, because there could be this like you know if we're if we're in this situation for two and a half months and I don't have any connections with these kids if I'm not asking them about their every day and checking in with them um, on Zoom every week and and having all of these connections with them like we could fall apart from each other so while it is generally my mode of operation to create lessons and content and teach kids about Jesus, what I'm being called to in this time is to keep open the connections between me and the kids. Um, which again, not as much glory to me. That's fine. (laughs) It's just, but I mean, that's what it is. It's like, I could put out a, a a lesson or I, you know, one of the things I considered doing was, um, producing my Lent programming in video form. And as I started to like go down that path, I was like, This is not going to help these kids as much as me just like FaceTiming them. Um, They can learn about what salvation is whenever. um, But right now they just need me to like look at their art Mm -hmm. project and be like, that's cool. Make another, you know, and including my own kids.
1: Kind of what we all need right now.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Do it again.
1: Well, that's our big picture. What's your small picture look like? your day to day i think is more exciting than mine more structured
0: i have heard so many different pieces of advice for how to do your day to day how to do your homeschooling how to spend your time what to do when you wake up in the morning what to drink what to where to go how to act all these things and i think that the thing that after listening to a, a podcast episode that disagreed with every single thing that i'm doing I realized you have to lean into what makes sense for you as a parent mm-hmm. and for you as a family and for your kids. Um, for example, in the podcast I was listening to today, they were like, "Don't worry about a schedule. Don't feel like you have to homeschool. Don't you know, They what? were well, they were. I mean, I understand their perspective. Um, I, I really do because it's like, oh, well, I feel like to- you
1: have to homeschool. Well, a little
0: bit. Uh, well, they they were saying that they were like she, and I understand that she was saying she has older kids. She was saying she's the facilitator of the teacher's assignments to her kids. She like made sure that they were able to get what they needed and then followed through on it or whatever, which I understand. But it's like, I've got a five-year-old and and the four-year-old's fine. He, He could do nothing this whole time and he really would be fine. But I enjoy homeschooling and waking up in the morning, doing our norm. We get dressed the same way. We worship in the morning the same way. We eat breakfast at the same time. And then instead of going to school... We move over to the carpet and we do our hour and a half of school time. And that structure is good for them because they're used to a very structured morning. And that structure is good for me because it's keeping me, it's definitely delivering a sense of normalcy to me. Like, okay, I'm still going to do my quiet time the same way. We're still going through our morning routine the same way. I still start work at about the same time. We're doing school from like 7.35 to like 9.05 or 9.15. And so the time that I start work is only about 15 or 20 minutes off. I work a similar block of time that I usually do. I have free time with the kids for a similar block of time than I usually do. Um, so I'm fitting in a lot more in some ways because I'm the one actually doing their school for them, but, but it, it works. And um, that is what works for me. Um, I also have a list of things every day that I accomplish every day. FaceTiming my mom, FaceTiming your mom, texting my my two amigos, I'm um, checking in with my mom's group, just um working out and like mm. doing all these things every day. Those don't have to be in the schedule perfectly, but I like to know and see what I accomplish every day because that gives me peace. If that is not something that gives you peace, if that is something that drives you crazy, then then don't do any of it.
1: like I think a certain amount of schedule routine is good for kids or young people i I had them today, and I think I was definitely less
0: rigid with the schedule than you would have been. But well, Fridays we still, would be less rigid anyway.
1: We still got our work done. They did their school work with you in the morning, and then we did our dances and we played outside and we did some art projects. And I mean, we they did they went through their paces. I was pretty proud of myself for not just plopping in front of the TV all day. <laughs> we did watch oh, one movie.
0: Yeah, and that so that is that has been like my hack in this situation is that. Because I have to work from from home and I'm working your kids from in home. Front of the TV. <laughs> yes. No, okay. Parenting
1: hack. Put your kids in no. front of the TV and they'll sit there for hours.
0: No. And I don't put... So we're not doing any screen time during the week except for one Disney movie a day. Now, my kids have not really watched the Disney movies that much because... We just got Disney Plus, and we didn't have the DVDs because we're not millionaires. The old Disney movies. Yeah. They've seen
1: most of the new ones.
0: So now that we have Disney Plus, I'm kind of giving them their Disney education during this time. And for 90 minutes each day, they sit in front of the TV and watch a Disney movie. Every single time as we go to Disney Plus, they ask to watch Mickey videos. They ask to watch PJ Masks. They ask to watch everything else. We have not been... I have not flexed on the screen time um, except... And then we'll usually watch one episode of like Lego Masters or Mm -hmm. Making It, which are both like creative and like inspiring to our oldest. They
1: do lead to our oldest starting his own Lego Master competition, which led to us being beat in a Lego building competition by By a four-year-old. Twice. Um, But the look Um, on his face when he won. Oh,
0: it was the best. It was, I did, when I did my goal review, they ask you what was the best memory of your month. And the best memory of March was was our four-year-old getting handed the golden brick by our five-year-old in our Lego Masters home competition. It was glorious.
1: Yeah, Um, it's my day is more boring. I just sit in my office and do work, but I just... Working from home full-time is so stressful because I feel like I have to account for every minute of the day mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to justify my existence, to be like, no, I swear I'm working, I'm not just goofing off all day. Yeah. Even though I don't think my boss cares because she's got other things going on right yeah. now
0: but like we really try because I only work part-time um, and I can get my work done way more easily with the kids in the room because my work tends to be um, more creative and a little more fluid and doesn't require me to like you know edit legal documents um, I am doing carrying all the load with the child care and we balanced that out today by having Joel take a day of actual leave so that I could get my work done while mm-hmm. he watched the kids, which was amazing because it's been two full weeks of working home every <laughs> single day, doing school every single day, and then being accountable for the kids until dinner time.
1: Which actually nicely leads into our next topic.
0: Things we are having to let go of.
1: <laughs> I have let go of being right or doing anything or breathing, or thinking too loudly. I have been a little grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) There's been some stress going on, and that's okay. I do have a serious thing I've let go of, but that's my, like, silly. Just trying to be a good spouse is hard when the problem is that the world is stressful and scary, and, like, I want to comfort you and calm you down, but, like, that's not helpful.
0: Well, and the other thing is the way we're doing this makes sense where I'm bearing the, the heavy load of the kid care, because if, as if you stay at work, our income keeps coming in and we don't start burning your leave, which is good too. Um, but the reality of that is that I am, especially last week when you were, when you were going to work, which frazzled me because I was freaked out that you were going to work because I thought you were going to bring home coronavirus to our kids. And then you did. (laughs) I mean, let's get real. Thank you, state of California. But when you were coming home at, you know, 520 each day after I had had the kids from 630 in the morning and had done school with them and had squeezed in my work and had taken care of them and tried to give them an enriching, great day. And then you get home and roll in at 520. And um, that's a long day.
1: In my defense, when we kind of made the deal that you would work at the church and be the primary child caretaker. I did not anticipate COVID nineteen.
0: Well, and the other one of the things that I think has been like traumatic about this is that I did work from home in this way with the kids in the room when they were babies, and it was one of the hardest things I have ever done in my life. And then I got away from it when we finally. <laughs> and now they're old
1: enough to ask for things. No,
0: and we finally had childcare for them. Slash, they're in school and preschool, and they go to my mom's, and then we have a a plan so that I no longer have to work with them in the house because I. Hated it, and now I'm back to doing Mm -hmm. it again for all of the time. I don't have any time that's covered.
1: I feel like we just made my point about what I had to let go. (laughs) What have you let go of? And then we can come
0: back to me. One of the things that um, is hard from a ministry standpoint is that I will tell you that your pastor and your uh, your staff at your church had already made plans for Easter. They had probably already made purchases for Easter. They had already spent. Oh, I don't know. Twenty hours, twenty five oh, yeah. hours developing Lent curriculum, planning for Good Friday, planning for Easter, and all of that got thrown out the window. And that's fine. That's fine. But I, but I'm still <laughs> fine. Everything's I'm fine. Morning. You don't know how hard. I mean, we used it as the basis for the podcast for a long time. The Lent like, curriculum that I was working on for the kids, I worked ridiculously hard on that curriculum, and it's just, it's not trash. Now I can use it later but I can't really use it later because I've already done two sessions with like some of the kids. Um, so it has been really, you use
1: it next year for Lent.
0: <laughs> I, it has been really, really hard to let go of the plans that we had for ministry um, in the short term. And then even my kids camp, which is a huge deal in planning um, was set to go the first week of the summer. And I don't, and that's one of the things I'm really struggling with right now is I don't know what the future of that is. If, um, if, if, if kids are going to be in school then, or if they're going to be out of school then, if it's going to be a totally taboo thing for people to gather in those kinds of numbers then, um, or like, I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know. It may be that this is all past and it's going to be like, have you seen those videos of the cows coming out of the barn for the first <laughs> time in the spring. It's going to be like that. We're all just going to. We're going to be hugging strangers in public. Like, I, I just want to be within six feet of like, another person. It's
0: like Daedalus Diggle, uh, like, hugging Vernon Dursley out in front of...
1: No, it's no. like the cows okay. coming out of the barn. Fine. Go Google that video. It's great. The cow's dancing and... Yeah. It's, the, it, I don't know.
0: The the other thing I'm really letting... Really, really struggling with is... And, and this is actually magnified so much more... Um, for older kids, especially seniors in high school and seniors in college. Um, but the idea that that Dane's kindergarten year just got annihilated. He had he was supposed to do the three piggy opera on April 1st. He was gonna be the daddy pig.
1: The three piggy opera is the story of the three little pigs, but the kindergartners sing it. It's very cute. They've he has it. his song memorized already.
0: It was so cute. And I was I honestly have been looking forward to it for like a full year. Like since they told us when he was an incoming little baby that he would be doing it. And I can't imagine a circumstance under which they would do it at this point. I don't even know if he's going to go back to school in kindergarten. I don't know if he's had his last day with that class or his last day with that teacher. Um, he was in that, he was in a robot class, a Lego robotics class that he loved, which now that I'm thinking about it, I want to get my money back for. And, um, He's not going to get to do that until maybe next spring again. And I, uh, I'm just mourning that for him. Yeah. I know he doesn't know, but I'm still mourning it for him.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not mourning, thank goodness. But I have had to let go of visiting my parents and visiting my grandpa specifically.
0: Well, it's the um, same thing because they live in the same Yeah,
1: home. but mostly my Your parents grandpa is old. come visit us mostly, but we make a point of going up there to visit with my grandpa who we named our firstborn after he's a big deal in my life. Um, And he is very old and we had been trying to get up there as often as we could. And this was certainly a time when we'd say, Oh, the world shut down. We have nothing else to do. Let's go visit grandpa George. And we just,
0: a good thing we didn't. (laughs) Yeah. And Um, we
1: can't now. And I had to, it took, it, it took a few days of, a very focused thinking to kind of turn that corner for me.
0: It, one of the things that I'm letting go of on the lighter side is all of my coping mechanisms. All of the things that I do when I'm stressed involve me leaving the house, um, whether it is going to McDonald's to get a diet coke, going to A.M.P.M. to get a coffee, um, bread. There's no bread in the world, guys. I can't even get a. All Thomas... your
1: coping mechanisms are food.
0: Uh, no! Hold on. Going to Target. <laughs> Going <laughs> Where to I, I buy I, food. Going to Ikea, um, all of the places that I like to go when I'm stressed. Now, will I recognize that this may be God um, pointing to the things that matter versus the things that don't matter and showing Maybe it's me time to
1: get a different hobby. <laughs> that
0: I can live with him and not in the, uh, what do they call that, Bull, Bullseyes Playground? Maybe that is what the lesson that I'm learning in this, um, because all of my coping mechanisms are not God and I am being forced to live without them right now. But I will say when the world is like coming down around you and you can't go to do the like things that you usually do when you need to cope, which I'm sure like people who like, Are extroverts and really like being around people are dealing with the same thing, but I just need my Diet Coke and AMPM coffee. Right. Like it has just been very difficult. You know what, God? There are easier ways to get me to stop drinking Diet Coke, though I guess he's tried everything at this point.
1: We've just had a really good series of transitions because that leads right into besides giving up Coke, what other silver linings are there for you?
0: Certainly, more family time, like even at night when we would know norm- so much family time. so much family time. Um I can see that the kids are um really connecting to each other, which I love. In fact, like even just my camera roll shows way more pictures of the two of them together because they're they only have each other and they're playing together. And it makes me appreciate my our backyard, which I don't tend to care much about or appreciate. But it's a beautiful big place for them to play. Um, Like I said, my kids are getting their Disney education right now, Um, and uh, they're also getting. Okay, I guess they're also getting a real education. Levi has started um, or like the beginning of reading. Dane is um, already doing really well in math, but it's letting me kind of push the balance of what he can do they're both excelling in piano like crazy because we have plenty of time to practice. Um, and I've made it a priority to do it every day. Um, I tend to think that, that shakeups like this, um, can be good. Um, since we are a Christian podcast, one of the things I would think of is that when things are really shaken up, you've just got to like, listen for what, what God wants you to do in the settling um and God
1: will use all of our mistakes for good.
0: Well, not just this isn't our mistake. It's something big that's happening around us. And so the question is as we settle into a new normal or head towards a new um way of thinking or a new reality of our economy, what is God doing with that and what is God calling me to? Um
1: how can we make new normal more godly closer to the kingdom?
0: Yeah. And I think this was a, such an obvious one like I said you know taking away all my coping mechanisms but for a lot of people it's stripping us of the things of the world that are not of God um and and br- drawing us closer to him and i think that that is a that is certainly a silver lining of this um it might be it might be demeaning it to call it a silver lining <laughs> um and the last thing i guess for me would be that i'm developing new skills at work in terms of like Using social media and videos and editing and lighting and Everyone's sound. social media
1: game is yeah. going to step up <laughs> in that like every church has gone from nothing to now everyone's doing virtual worship.
0: Ah, yes. Um, so it's pushed some things along from a ministry standpoint that I would not have invested time or energy into learning that I am now being forced to learn, which... In the long run, for me individually, for the kids' ministry that I do and for our church and for the church um the the big big picture church, I think that that's going to do a lot to advance the kingdom. How about you? Where are your silver linings?
1: Of the two of us, normally, i'm mr brightside i I struggle what about the hot tub and fight The hot tub's been done for weeks yeah i I got nothing. There is nothing in this that has made my life in any way measurably not awful. And I just, well, I got that nothing. That
0: is bleak demand.
1: I get to spend more time with you and the kids and that's great. I spent all my time with you and the kids anyways. Yes, yeah, that's true. I, I can't, like my coping mechanisms are all gone. I can't work on the house. I can't fix anything. Because I can't go to the store to get the things that you need. Can't bake cookies. Can't do anything. And it's just, I'm struggling hard. I mean, I'm hoping that the silver lining will be an expanded kingdom, a society that is closer to the kingdom, that we see what's important, that we're able to see each other. There are lots of people I know who are seeing other people for the first time and seeing that we as a society can build systems that help other people and it's not just about, Oh, we need to help people when we see them.
0: There's a, there's an interconnectedness of this disease, um, that is causing like a lot of danger, but there's also this interconnectedness is requiring us to make sacrifices on behalf of one another. And I'm in the middle of reading, um, the meaning of marriage by, uh, Tim Keller? Let's just say by Keller. Um, <laughs> he's really famous, I should totally know. But one of the things he's talking about is basically that the act of love is what grows love. And when we are all being called to sacrifice for one another, um, that that sacrifice is going to create more compassion and more sympathy for each other in a way that nothing else could.
1: You know what? I found a bright side. <laughs> we had just joined a gym. And we had started a routine of going to that gym on a regular basis and working out pretty aggressively for me. I worked out pretty hard and the gym closed. So calories don't count during COVID. <laughs> I have had a number of mental health snack breaks. It's <laughs> just like, I'm done. I'm going to go have a mental health snack break. Although we don't have any snacks because you've been doing the shopping by yourself and refused to buy adult snacks. Which is what my mother calls cookies, donuts, and Cheetos. Oh, no, I Cheetos. It was Cheetos right. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's just hard out there. I I have appreciated. I'm talking to my siblings more.
0: Yeah, I have a lot every- more time to I'm talk talking, to my siblings. I'm talking to everyone more about realer feelings and stuff.
1: We mostly just talk about COVID, but. But
0: no, but you're talking about your fears. You're talking about your anxiety. You're talking about yeah. your stress. You're talking about what's really happening in your home. You're talking about. So that's, and that money. is
1: a genuine bright side in that I am, I've run out of podcasts and I'm just looking for anyone to talk to, and they are too. And I'm spending a lot more time FaceTiming and phone calling with my siblings, which is nice.
0: So one of the things that is coming up um, as a result of COVID is the fact that you are worshiping at home with your children. Um, And let me tell you right now, as a person who sits in on those ministry meetings, when we're talking about virtual worship, not a lot of time, effort, and energy is going into thinking, like, how can we make this super kid-friendly? And in fairness to my own church, um, the reason that I'm not really involved in the planning is because I am home quarantined with my six children. Um and I'm doing my best. Um so the last thing I wanted to leave you with before we go into our away from COVID into our final segment is some tips on how to worship with your kids in front of a TV screen. The first thing that I would suggest is making it something special that you do each week, um giving them something to look forward to being like when we worship, we're going to have cookies. Um or when we worship
1: you have a cookie. When we
0: worship we get to have hot chocolate with marshmallows in it. Or when we worship, everybody gets to wear their pajamas. Or this week I had the idea of having all of our stuffed animals come to worship. Um, something really special for the kids that gives them something to look forward to. Like, oh, we get to set out all the stuffed animals. Um, because their weeks are bleak and monotonous. <laughs> and if you make worship the, the special time you spend together um, that is a positive thing and is something to look forward to, then that is going what remember that is what they're going to remember about this time. And what they're going to carry forward in their hearts about worship. So the next thing to think about is to set the scene for worship. Um, one of the things you can do is rearrange the seating. We have removed the coffee table in our room. Get a
1: fog machine. To get
0: our worship on. Um, setting out instruments. Disco balls. Um, yeah, you could turn down the lights and put out Christmas lights for worship. Something that designates your living room at that time is a special place because the reality is that is where they do somersaults. That is where they jump on the couch. That is where they do puzzles and Legos and all the stuff that they normally do. If you set the scene a little bit different for worship so that they can identify that we are doing something different in this space right now, they, they, you may increase their overall focus level when it comes to the service. The third thing would be that when the music is going, like worship with your kids. I know that when you go to church, you probably are not spinning the person next to you in the pew or in the chair, um, holding their hands and letting their legs fly behind them. But again, um, my goal with worship for our kids during this time is for them to think, oh, that was really the highlight of my week when we were stuck in the house was the time that we came to worship together. Um, So sing out, If there's a repetitive phrase, sing it really loud so that the kids can sing that repetitive phrase with you. Um, Do some crazy dances. Let your kids see you. Be silly for Jesus. Because, like, David was silly for Jesus. Like, people have been wild and silly for Jesus.
1: With kids, people always say, oh, don't be afraid to be silly. That's wrong. You should be very worried if you don't feel silly because kids just, their emotions are so much, everything's so much bigger for kids. You've got to be silly because they're going to look at you and if they see you hesitating at all, they're going to say, oh, they're doing this because they have to. This is dumb. I don't want to do it. They're they're going to feed off your enthusiasm. So get nuts.
0: The fourth thing is that the message and the announcements and kind of the in-betweeny time of worship is not really meant specifically for kids generally. I shouldn't speak for every pastor and every church and every sermon that's out there. But, but I think you can. I We have a policy of, I think, non-language oriented toys like Legos, blocks, coloring. Um, anything that they can build that doesn't involve like talking or play um, while a message is being given is totally appropriate. Like, I understand why if you, you took your kid to church, you want them to be able to sit and listen and behave because you're teaching them a skill um, of being able to show respect to the speaker.
1: And but, Legos are disruptive in a pew.
0: Yeah, but the reality is that when they are there, when they are in your living room, um, they're not going to sit there and listen to some guy talk for 20 minutes. He's not being just, it's not being disrespectful to quietly play with Legos when they can't hear you. Um, and the reality is if you let your kids... Um, Play at that kind of low level. Um, Like I could see our older son picking up on words and phrases from the message while he played with Lagos last week because he's not sitting there being forced to stare at a man talk on the screen. He's listening um, passively while he plays. And then the last thing that we learned in the last week that I thought was a little problematic is that when you're in worship and you do allow those toys out and things of, and you're in the living room, um, when the pastor goes to pray, that you should have a family signal that prayer is happening. Because if you're not going to make them sit there, which I don't suggest that you do, and sit upright and watch the TV screen, then I do think it's important that they see you pray and that they pray with you when prayer is happening. Um, So I would say it could be as simple as raising your hand and say, prayer time, and then everybody holding hands or everybody putting a hand on the head of the person next to them or everybody raising their hands in the air. Something that designates prayer as something special during worship that they know that they should be engaged in and that that is something that the family is absolutely going to do together.
1: Something our family likes to do together is move on to our favorite segment.
0: So that came up. So this week, um, I mean, obviously we are cooped up, and so it is time for potty (laughs) training. And um,
1: Oh, I know what story you're about to tell.
0: (laughs) This week I was sitting in my staff meeting. We were doing a Zoom meeting, and I was sitting there. I was like, gosh, it kind of smells in our house right now. Um, Joel was teleworking, so he was in his office. The kids kind of had the run of the house at the time, and I would actually... Front of the
1: house, bad choice of words.
0: Um, so I like walked back to my our master bedroom, and there plopped right down on the carpet was <laughs> a large piece of poop. Um, it was way too big for our dog. Um, and our our potty training kid had just decided that that's where that was gonna plop down. Um, so I was in the middle of my staff meeting. Um, Joel took a little break and came and cleaned that up with the carpet cleaner. And no,
1: no. no. I heard you yelling. I came out. and You walked away. <laughs> you just were like, I couldn't... I'm in a meeting <laughs> and walked off.
0: <laughs> I told you I was in a meeting, um, but I pointed it out when I left. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's how our week is going in a nutshell.
1: All right. <laughs> Pray us out.
0: Lord, heal the world. Bring healing to those who are sick. Protect those who are not. Help those who are mourning and bring them comfort. For those of us who are doing your work by staying home, give us peace. Give us patience for each other and grace for ourselves. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the chaos, or you can email us at Christ at gmail.com. until next week. We hope you have a peaceful week, but even if you don't remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.